Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, your number one show. If you are overwhelmed by this healthcare system, underappreciated by this healthcare system, and you're just looking for a voice reason, I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Perry, your favorite board certified attorney, founder of PR Medical Consulting. This week we have a special guest, Naisha Garza, who is a licensed clinical social worker who specializes in trauma and grief. She has an extensive history working with children, adolescents, teens, and families dealing with issues of trauma, grief, and loss. And this was such an amazing conversation because we talked about such a topic that is very taboo in circles, even within the healthcare community, which is dealing with grief. And she does such an amazing job, full disclosure, because uh, I know already know y'all gonna ask for my bias. She's my sister-in-law, right? So, so she comes from good family, uh, you know, I, I'd say the least, but besides the fact, does just a phenomenal job at telling her personal story with grief and how she is able to become a new person, right? And I, w- I want you to really get that, especially with this episode. She's going to talk about living a new normal after dealing with grief. So like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and tell five friends, especially those who've been affected with grief in one way, shape, and another, that this is the episode they need to follow. All right, welcome to another episode of Medicine Mondays. If you've been over overwhelmed by this healthcare system, underappreciated by this healthcare system, and you've just been looking for a voice reason, guess what? You done found them. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board certified internist. And I have a special guest. And I probably, I probably say that I have a special guest every time I have a guest, but this is a special guest. This is actually family. Naisha Garza is here. Her, again, for my Medicine Money Watchers, Lunch and Learn podcast listeners, I already know y'all y'all don't like reading description, but please go to description. Her bio is all up in there. Her information will be all up in there. Please go to description. But I always start out to say, first of all, thank you for joining uh, this week yes. on Medicine Mondays. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. I don't know. I appreciate it. Trust me. Not as excited as me. I think I've been trying to get you on the show uh, for a good <laughs> a little bit. I said, hey, Aisha, we need you on here. We need you on here. We need we need folks to know that level of expertise is there. We need you. And we, we finally done corralled you here. So again, I appreciate uh, you taking the time out uh, to join us on this show. Right. So who is Naisha Garza, right? For those who may not know, this is the first time coming across my show and happen to see you. Who is Naisha Garza? Okay, so Naisha Garza is a licensed clinical social worker and the CEO and owner of Daniels Harbor Therapy Center. Um, I am a compassionate bereavement provider. So I specialize in trauma and grief. Um, and my practice has been open since 2019 in Navarre, Florida. So let's, 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 I want to talk about that, right? Because obviously again, and I know you, we love you, right? But I want, I want to talk about just kind of this, this topic of grief, mm-hmm. because it is even as a primary care uh, physician, and I do hospital medicine, I think even for us, right, as doctors, right, it's one of the <laughs> toughest discussions we have to have with our patients. Yes. But you're, you say, you know what, I'm going to not only 
be able to have this tough conversation, but I'm going all in on the topic in general. So what was it uh, just about this kind of the centering of grief and the discussion of it that said, you know what, like, this is where I need to focus on. Well, in regards to my personal journey, having to deal with grief. So um, the reason for Daniel's Harbor is in honor and in memory of my, of my son, Daniel Garza. Um, he died from a rare blood disorder at the age of two and a half. So us having to go through that process um, and we had great support, you know, great caseworkers. So I just wanted to be able to provide and give others the same space that I was provided and to normalize and let them know that you know, um, unexpected grief is not something that you just get over, you know? So the unexpected, you know, unexpected deaths, it's, you know, so it's something that I just want to help other families and for them not to feel like there's something wrong with them or they're crazy because they're grieving. Mm. And, and you know, what's so interesting, especially with just this aspect of when it hits you personally, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times when, when we see others, dealing with grief we have this certain mindset that oh well they should just do this and that or they should just you know we've heard the term get over it like there's they, they like get past it like we've heard these terms and a lot of times it doesn't it doesn't really resonate until like we're on the side and and folks are telling us what we should be doing and how we should be responding to it Sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. So I, I definitely commend you because again, it takes a different mindset to say, not only am I going to educate and, and help the mm -hmm. families deal with it. And the reason why is because I had to deal with it myself. Yes, yes, exactly. So yes. So I want to be able to provide that space for the families, for them to just know that they have a space to grieve and not be judged or, you know, ridiculed or anything like that because they're grieving. You know, it's it's a new normal. You know, you, you're adjusting to a whole new life that that you didn't ask for. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Why do you think just in the general public and mind you, again, I, and I tell people all the time, I'm a physician. I, I, I got 10, you know, they talk about the 10,000 hour rule. I got probably 20,000 hours of dealing with you know, patients who are healthy and patients who are not so healthy. And a yeah. lot of my colleagues have the same aspect. So I, I, I tell patients, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one, I understand what it means to have to work and deal with families who are grieving. But even for my colleagues, we find it so difficult to talk about it. Why do you think it is? Like, what is it about this aspect of grief that just gets so many people you know, just frighten even those of the highest profession. Yes. And I think it's also, like you said, it's dealing with our own feelings, right? So, you know, it's that uncomfortableness of, okay, do I say the right thing? What do I say? How do I say it? You know, what do I, I don't know what to do. 
right? So they are, so with their being uncomfortable, it's just projecting onto, you know, like, ooh, I better stay away from that topic. topic. Ooh, I better avoid this family. Ooh, I better, you know, so it's just because of our uncomfortable, uh, us being uncomfortable with it and our own mm-hmm. dealings with it. Mm-hmm. And I love it because, the, the, especially because the way, the way you flipped it and said, it's not as if the conversation or the topic is you know, something difficult to discuss is the fact that for many people, we internalize our inefficiency around that topic. And because we internalize it, it's one of those topics where we're like, you know what? That ain't me. Like, I, I want no parts of that. Again, I still got physician colleagues who, who's, who don't go to certain specialties because they did not want to have to face patients, face families, when that discussion comes about, which, and again, obviously I, I don't want to say I'm numb to it, but I, sometimes I am. I feel like I am. Sometimes I feel like because I've dealt with so much, especially, you know, we're, we're recording this, you know, during this pandemic and I've, stuff we've seen during this pandemic mm-hmm. is one of those things where we almost become hardened to the fact mm-hmm. that like, you know, what, I don't want to let those feelings, whatever those feelings are for other people, I don't want to let those feelings in so as long as I keep this wall, I'm able to, quote unquote, do my job. Yes, exactly. Like you said, separating it, right? But it's that part of knowing that that compassion, right? And sometimes it's not, we don't even have to say anything. It's just being present. Mm. You know, we feel like we got to say something, but the only thing that's going to make this person feel better is their loved one is back here with them. You know, so it's not finding what to say or the right words to say, just being present, allowing them to, you know, talk, cry, whatever. Just the presence alone is enough. I always wonder, especially for for my professionals who 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 go into this this specialization, which of whatever field they in, when they decide, hey, you know, like for you, right, like I'm going to do grief, like grief is going to be my thing. What is the type of mindset you need to have as a professional, as a one who is going to be saying, you know what, I'm going to be the expert in this thing right here, this thing, this topic that like it's so difficult, we can't even say the thing. It's grief, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be the expert in grief and I want people to know about it. What is that mindset like and how was that training to get to this point? So the mindset is just knowing I want to go out there and normalize it because it's a taboo, right? It's society of thinking that, oh, well, grief, you know, you got this time limit, you know, you got it, you know, they give you so many days to grieve and not understanding. So I want to come out there and educate and knowing that, hey, this is not, this is a journey and everybody's journey is different, Mm -hmm. you know? So no two journey is the same, even, you know, like me and my husband, dealing with the death of our son, but we still had two different journeys, you know, was not, our journeys were not alike. We were not, you know, it was just, he was going through his and I was going through mine, but neither one of them are wrong, you know? So it's like, people think we should be grieving a certain way or having a certain time to grieve. And that's not what it's about. You know, it's just, you're supposed to be sad. People like, like, okay, it's been two weeks. Okay, and, you know? (laughs) yeah it's two weeks exactly you're supposed to be sad you're not depressed 
you know, you're sad and you're supposed to be sad, but feel like we're, or people think they're wallowing in it, right? You're not wallowing. Mm. that's a a bar right there yeah you know especially within our communities like oh we can't don't wallow or or you're still down yeah i am down you know this wasn't and and it's okay and that like that's not a bad thing like yeah exactly and i like how you touched on the fact that we we have to also separate the fact that it's not i'm i'm not depressed i'm just grieving yeah, exactly. Like, I, could, can you talk a little bit about that? Just like, just some instances where we can say, like, yeah, like I can be experiencing what I'm experiencing right here, but not necessarily be depressed in the, in that sense. Yes, and that's because, like, you know, when families or people go to the doctors, the doc, you know, sorry. <laughs> hey, so, hey, I, 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 tell, <laughs> I tell people all the time. One thing we do, doctors, we do a lot of things well. Yes. But the thing that we probably consistently consistently don't do well is addressing, and again, I, I blame our training, I blame lots of things, yes. is addressing just the mental health aspect of care yes. and what that entails. Mm-hmm. And, and because we don't do a good job, we either push it to the side or downplay it because we don't want, like you said, we don't want to like show our, our cards on the table that, yeah, we might not, we might not be, so I'm okay. I'm a- yeah. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> you know they go, you know, because they go in and think something's wrong, and automatic the first thing is medication. You know, so that's mm-hmm. why people are thinking that it's depression. Talk to. Because <laughs> it's you know they oh well let me give you this let me give you this no I'm crying because I'm supposed to be you know I'm sad I'm crying at the spur of the moment because grief you know it's like you when you're dealing with grief it's like you find out that you really don't have control okay mm. Mm. so for those people who like like to have control and grief takes over because you never know when it's going to hit you right so when it's unexpected like you, know, you could be going and having a great day and then boom it hits you just right there and if you're a person who likes to you know like okay i'm a, i'm in control of my emotions i'm in control of my feelings but when grief there grief is going to take over. So people feel like, okay, well, something has to be wrong because before I could, you know, I can, I, can man, I can go to manage or now is it, is it considered a loss of control if grief creeps in, in terms of emotions? Is it, is it, would you consider it like, like, oh, I'm not controlling my emotions if I'm, if I'm grieving? No, no, it's you're grieving. You know, it's like certain things can trigger, you know, it's like we don't realize there are little certain things that can hit us and we're not even really paying attention to it. You know, I, I hate the, um, I always tell my clients, let's take it second by second. Okay. We don't want to do it day by day, not minute by minute, second by second, because you just don't know at the next second your grief could hit you, you know? So it's like, okay, let's sit in it, own it you know, and, and feel it because the more we try to hide it or suppress it, then that's when it becomes, it takes control over us. Our emotions take control over us because now it's like, Hey, where am I going? Where am I going? You know, yeah, I'm, you know, we were so filled up or built up with all these emotions that eventually the body says, big hammer <laughs> drop on you and people, are, and, and then people give you that look like, <laughs> 
exactly like like you got three heads and you and then you're telling yourself please stop please stop please stop but you can't stop because your body's like we have to release it i know i was in a training and i'll never forget the saying was what we suppress we eventually express mm. so i was like i like mm. that saying i love that <laughs> exactly so yeah so it's just you know us knowing that it's okay it's okay not to be okay no, so I remember when my, cause my father passed away when I was going from first year medical mm-hmm. student to second year medical student. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was, there was like different phases that I had to kind of go through because, because I was the, the oldest, at least here in the country, I was the oldest. Mm-hmm. So immediately I kind of had to go into, all right, I got to handle things role. I got to go into business role because mm-hmm. affairs needed to occur. And so I'm, I'm handling that. And I remember, like, I remember my wife was there too. And it wasn't literally until uh, the viewing that it just like, boom, like, like knocked me across my face, tears are pouring. It was just, you know, I would just have to be sitting there. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I 100% agree with what you mean, where a, a lot of times, yeah, you could try to like bury it and play cool. Mm-hmm. And, but when, when it's coming, when, when, it, when it hits you, when that when that one song plays, right? When you know when you see that that car that 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 like oh man, he used to drive that. Like when yeah. when that thing happens, like mm-hmm. you you just gotta let it flow, right? Yeah. If that, it, you trying to fight it makes it even worse. Don't even exactly <laughs> exactly it does. You know it makes so it starts to weigh you down. That's when things are happening. Because when you fight it and you continue to fight it, it's going to start weighing you down because you are just pretending like nothing is happening, you know, when you're grieving. And it's like, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be mad, sad, angry, frustrated, you know, it's all those things, you know, so, yeah. And and in in your journey, you talk about this aspect of being client-centered and compassionate Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. empathetic and non-judgmental. Now- was that from a base and foundation of being on the other side where you weren't, you know, the center of where you needed to be, where you felt like you were judged or you felt like the compassion was like, because when I, whenever I see that, you know, I'm, y'all, y'all know Medicine Mondays, I, I watch everything, I read everything yeah. and I yeah. try to turn, because I'm an eternist, I, I hate, it, mm-hmm. hate it, but this is how we do it. So yeah. when I see someone like because that and that's in her bio, y'all. For those who wonder, mm-hmm. when I see that, I was like, "Oh, I wonder if the reason why she does that mm-hmm. was because you know what? When she was in that position of need, like none of that was there." Yes, and the, the funny thing about it was, I really didn't even put the I didn't even put my own connection to it until this conference I was at, and the lady was like, "Cause you know, one of my says is like um, judgment with judgment withheld." an emotional connection is created. And so she was like, mm. is that because you felt judged? I said, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. So it's definitely is, you know, not having this space or people trying to rush, you know, rush me through my grief because it's uncomfortable for them, right? So they want to rush me through it and instead of just letting me be you know or because the quicker you get through it then the the more comfortable they are around like oh man i can't be around Aisha right now man she's doing that thing again hello (laughs) exactly and that's exactly what people would say (laughs) 
you said it right on the nose. It's like, there she go again. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's where I go. Or, I mean, I feel like I could write a book of the things that people should not say mm-hmm. to people who are grieving. Okay. Ooh, it's like, hey, hey, that's it. <laughs> that's an idea, y'all. That's an idea. In fact, we'll put we'll put Naisha to the fire. We we need Naisha to write this book on what not to say to people who are grieving. I think that's a we we got the title. So we'll, we'll like when 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 we turn this recording off, I'll, I'll talk to him more. Like expect a book like that to come out. Okay. For those who 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 go through this, oh, get over it. Is it's you know it's, it's been too long. Where do you think these things come from? Like I always like I always question like where do y'all get like that there should be a time limit? Where do y'all get that like I should already be over this? Or where do y'all get I shouldn't be as emotional? Like what where do you think people are getting these like these standards that clearly aren't set in reality? Yes, and I think well society you know because I know society tries to put the the um so many days you get off right so you got <laughs> oh okay all right <laughs> yeah, so all right, see i didn't i didn't even piece that together <laughs> but now now that makes sense okay yeah. yeah so you know that part of it and also it's our upbringing you know because you know within the black community yeah. you know yeah. it's that spirituality part of it right <laughs> so <laughs> hey hey we better have that <laughs> So, so if you're not, so, you know, you should be okay because God, you know, God has a plan. Okay. understand, but I'm still human. Yes. I'm flesh. Yes. Okay. But that, yeah, I understand, but I don't don't mean I have to like that plan. Okay. (laughs) Or be okay with that plan. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's not me. A lot of times the plan he deals with us, we're like, man, like, like, why I got to go through that. (laughs) like why you treat me like i I appreciate you i appreciate you you know seeing the strength in me but man man hello Mm. (laughs) exactly and it doesn't mean that i don't have faith it just means i am flesh and man you know you know losing a child is like that's not something i you know i can come back from right you know the part of me that's missing that's always going to be missing you know, I, I hate the quote, time heal all wounds. I really, that one bothers mm. me to my core <laughs> mm. because it doesn't, you know, it becomes bearable. You learn to walk with your grief, you know, it doesn't, it's, I'm not healed. No, it's just, I learned to walk with it, you know, and it's becoming bearable. But a part of me, I always like, um, a part of me died the day my son died, you know, mm-hmm. This, that Naisha, she no longer exists. Yep. She's gone. You know, so it's so now I have to deal with living without my son and trying to figure out who I am now. Yeah. And as a new person. And I love that you said that because it, it, it shows a level of vulnerability, but it shows what, what really happens, right? It's yes. when you when you have an instance where you have this loss mm-hmm. and you know that, like, all right, like, I have to kind of go through the next day, but like, just because I went through the next day doesn't mean I'm actually okay. <laughs> exactly. Like, just because I made it to next week doesn't mean I'm actually okay. It, I like, like, I'm not that person I was a week ago. 
<laughs> and I'm and the reality of understanding I'm never gonna be that person I was a week ago mm-hmm. is something that I think is extremely real for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why I love uh, I love I love, I love people like you, right? Who say, Thanks. you know what, I want to tackle just I just want to tackle this 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 is the conversation. This 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 aspect of grief is something that we have to make just as common as, as us talking about what coffee we want, right? We have to make it just as common as we talk about what car we want to drive, right? Yes. Because it, it happens. Exactly. I, I tell people all the time, especially in the hospital, you come mm-hmm. in the hospital, you are not guaranteed to leave. Yeah. Like that is, that is, it's not, a, oh, I'm just going to hospital. No, like I've, I've had patients who went in because they thought they were constipated. They did not go home. Wow. Right? I've had patients who went in because they yeah. felt a little short of breath. They did not go home. Yes. But I've, I've had patients who continually have their life changes, their family's lives change sometimes in an instant. Yes. And to, to assume that, again, like, again, you hit it, you hit it big on that whole bereavement time frame. Like, that's just crazy to me. Like, to think that, like, oh, that's all they need to go and get back to who they were before the bereavement. I, it's just, it's just wild uh, to me that we've gotten to that point where we need people like Naisha to say, like, hey, y'all. <laughs> like let's, let's stop this like y'all y'all are, y'all are doing too much right now exactly you they are like you said it's just giving the people you know the time that they need you know when they try to cut it or people feel you know i get clients that feel like okay i gotta rush like they feel like they gotta rush through the process of like mm. no you have you know you can't rush through it because the people around you want you to be okay better <laughs> you know no I'm I'm no longer that person you know this is my journey and I have to go through that journey versus you know people always feeling like they got to be rushed or oh I can't be doing this anymore or I can't be feeling like this and it's like why not you know or when you got people saying you know like when you're grieving it's like man I don't want to be here and then automatically oh okay well this person is Ooh, we gotta, we got, we need to admit them. <laughs> so like, oh, like, no, they're feeling that because it's like their loved one is gone, yep. you know, especially when it's unexpected, like the unexpected, when that's mm-hmm. unexpected, it's a whole different ball game. You know, we have to be understand the natural causes of death. Right. But when it's cut, when it's unexpected and you just like, whoa, unexpected death is, you know, like, it's not just, you know, like losing, you know, like, your dad that's unexpected you know that was an unexpected death so that's great that grief is there and it's real and so people just assume that it's just supposed to be like okay well next right. day right there you go time to go to work hey you got class tomorrow hey you gotta do this you gotta do that yeah just like the the, the bounce back mm-hmm. and the, this aspect of bouncing back just is a just a different fallacy Mm-hmm. right like there is no bouncing back it's and i think you said it best right it's like what is my new normal that mm-hmm. like now i'm going to experience what is the thing that now i have to kind of deal with cope with uh to continue to move forward exactly yes and then and then you got you know like especially in the family kids right so got small kids so now not only am I having to figure out what's, what I'm going through I got to be able to explain it to my my children right like okay well, hey what happened how can I explain it when I don't even know mm. you know so it's like 
how, you know, how can I truly have, explain something to them to where I don't even know what truly happened, you know? So it's like taking that into consideration too, you know, they, you're, you're, especially when they're little or even older, it's still, you know, I think it doesn't, any parent that loses a child, no matter how old the child is, it's, you know, it's like, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, and you probably said, you obviously, you know, obviously when I talked to my little brother and sister, they were mm-hmm. much younger, mm-hmm. right? When my dad passed away. Yeah. So I'm now having to explain like the feelings that they experience now because they, they weren't even old enough to process what was going on. They just, for them, it was just a whole bunch of people in the house. Yes. And dad's not coming home. Exactly. Yes. yes. And, and now that when we get older, because every on his birthdays, we typically go and we go to his, uh, the cemetery, right? Yeah. And you know, he's asking questions, right? She's like, mm-hmm. "How was he like?" Was it? Because there's a void that she doesn't even realize is gone uh, until she kind of maturates into it. Exactly, exactly. You're, and that's exactly right. Every year, like you said, especially when like they get older, it's like a new. They're experiencing this whole new grief now. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, okay, whoa, now I have more questions, you know, so it's, it's something as they get older that they're dealing with continually. Yeah, so yes. Yeah. So that's in your case, right, before I was, before we, before we get you out of here, first of all, you've been absolutely amazing, phenomenal. Who, who are the people you typically work with, right? Especially because when we talk about grief, and we talk about the fact that everyone experiences it. There's not a person alive who hasn't had to deal with it either directly or indirectly, one way, shape, or form. Who, who are the people you typically work with? Again, I, I got my I got my thesis, right? Because I, I always say, especially in medicine, when it comes to the men, it's hard for me to get them in my office sometimes, unless a family's like pushing them. So I always ask, especially when we talk about this aspect, like, mm-hmm. is it female dominated is it male like who who is the majority of clients you're seeing and if you do see on on the average like is there like stark differences with how how women experience it and how men experience it yes i dominantly is mostly women and children okay i've seen a couple of of men but um and there is just definitely a big difference okay mm. especially with the man because they're coming in feeling like they can't you know like they have to have it together right i you know i, I can't mm. can't break down i'm you know no it ain't bothering me okay ain't nothing going on because they feel like they're that you know not unable to be vulnerable right because society has deem that men if you show emotions or you cry a little bit you're done you're no longer a man so you know so trying to create the space and say hey this is your space you know allow yourself to grieve and it's okay to grieve you know some may get there and some just be like okay no i'm good i don't need this no more Mm. you know but a lot of times it's um the the moms you know the moms that i'm getting you know the women that are kind of coming in or the wives or um and they're once again everything is rushed for them right so it's constant because somebody's telling them you're not better right get over it like yeah 
Mm. get over it, get over it, you know? And then with the kids, with them being little um, or younger, and so it's really just kind of being there for them too and allowing them because sometimes we have to look past the behavior to see what's really going on. But sometimes people don't want to see beyond the behavior, you know? So it's like, okay, but what's truly going on with this kid, you know? You know? Especially because it's not going to manifest the same. Exactly. It's not, it's not going to, uh, in medicine, we call it present presentation, right? It's, it's not going to be the textbook presentation that you done read about, right? <laughs> in medical book, right? You, gonna, you got a person sitting across <laughs> from you, or they, they may be acting out, or, mm-hmm. or they, they, they may be, you know, too high, too low, or whatever the two yes. is, right? In, in whatever standard you want to put them in a box, and because they're acting that way, oh, they're different. Oh, it's affecting me. Oh, it's bothering me. Go mm-hmm. find some help so you can be like, quote, unquote, me. So you can be, quote, unquote, normal, which, you know, obviously is not a, <laughs> not, not a you know, it's, it's, all, it's all about who, who wants to be the standard. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing, too. So it's, you know, even for kids, it's really kind of because especially like you said them not having the words to express it. We even as adults sometimes don't have the words to express it. Nope. <laughs> so we can't imagine, you know, these 10 year olds are not, you know, having the, if we don't have the words as adults, we can't be expecting them to just <laughs> be able to say, hey, you know, what? I'm kind of grieving right now. They don't have those words, you know, so they're going to act out, you know, so it's, it's us looking um, beyond what they're presenting. I love it. Okay. Before, before we let you go, how, what, one, is there anything that Naisha is, you know, working on, any goals and plans for her in the future? And then obviously we, we want to make sure we give you details especially with the Daniels Harbor and, you know, if people want to reach out to you, I uh, want to follow you. And like, like, so is there anything that we can expect to see from Aisha Garza in, in the near future? Um, we, we already, t- we already in lunch learn community. We're going to put her to the fire. Cause like that book guy that she gave definitely something. Cause again, y'all are, y'all are foul with some of the statements y'all are telling these people who are grieving. So we, we need someone to educate y'all on some of the stuff y'all should be doing. So we don't, we don't get that done. But is anything, you know, that you, you got planned um, or just your goals, right? Because when, when, when you decide that this is a journey that I want to go to, right? I want to help people understand that, yes, it's okay to have a new normal. In fact, trying to trying to be that old you <laughs> before before the event that it, ha- it ain't. That is, that is a dead end, right? Exactly. It, it just is, right? So is there anything that, any goals that you have in the future for yourself, um, you know, with your business or just kind of how you want to go about it? Well, the few, um, I do the future goals is, you know, kind of since this is my first, you know, podcast, so I'm hey. kind of getting myself out hey. there. So I, <laughs> so I really want to, you know, go around educating people about, you know, normalizing grief you know, allowing people to have that space and not trying to be rushed through their grief. So I do want to be out there talking. I never thought I would say that, but I want to be out there talking to to people. And I am thinking about um, working on like a webinar of where 
helping parents and their teens, you know, communicate, you know, kind of helping with that, um, bridging the gap with that. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Because again, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, and, and again, I think obviously I'm biased, right? So every time, right, I've, I'm thinking about an issue, I'm like, all right, man, I wonder how, I wonder how the men, especially the black men, right? I wonder how they are affected by that. And I, I could just tell it, it's not going to be the, oh, what was me and, you know, you know, melancholy mm-hmm. aspect is going to be either ain't nothing wrong with me or <laughs> the extreme level of acting out um, that again, right? Like I say acting out because I'm, I'm trying to center how they should be responding, mm-hmm. right? So even now yeah. I think about it, like, as I'm talking, right? Like, look at the epiphany hit me, right? Now that I'm talking, I'm like, well, are they really acting out or that's just how they're going to, you know, expound upon their grief like that's how it's gonna look in them right so that like, i love it right again this is why i love having experts on the show right because like i lunch learning me i tell people all the time i'd be learning just as much right i'd be taking in i'm like okay yep, so i'm i'm learning together so yeah. i apologize y'all don't be acting out that's just the grief <laughs> that's just the that's just the grief talking Yes, exactly. Like you said, yes. And that's what it is, you know, because our walks are different and everybody grieves differently. I said there, I always say there's never a right or wrong way to grieve. Now there's unhealthy ways and healthy mm-hmm. ways, but not a right or wrong way to grieve. Mm-hmm. And, and, t- and talk about uh, Daniel's heartbreak and, and is this something where uh, do you do online um, coaching and counseling or is it just kind of local? How if people yes, want to follow you in? Yes, I do. Yes, I do provide therapy, telehealth, you know, therapy online and also brick and mortar. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And again, uh, Medicine Money Watchers, Lunch Learning Community, her information will be in the description. Website will be in the description. Naisha, first of all, again, for your first one, knocked it out the park. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I tell people all the time, if you go listen to my first episode, it was atrocious. Atrocious. So your first one knocks it out the park. And more importantly, I want to just thank you, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm biased, right? This is my sister, right? But I just want to thank you for taking on a, a role, right? Of saying, you know what? I'm going to take on this topic that I know is tough for the majority of people, and I'm going to run with it because I, I know what it was like when I didn't have an Aisha to take care of me. Yes. Right? Like, I know, and I don't want another person to have to experience what it's like not to have an Aisha to take care of them during their process as well. Yes, yes, yes. And that is so true. And I thank you for allowing me to come on your show to talk about that. So, and thank you for being very gracious and, you know, and took it easy with me. (laughs) Right, all right. See you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist like always remember to subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review and more importantly share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today again so appreciative of all you guys' support see you guys next week